So I was planning to give a really funny, light-hearted homily tonight, but uh, I was praying just before Mass and felt God saying, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all so far during the Mass, I'm like, really, God, you really want me to share about this? I'm not quite sure whether I want to. Um, so anyway, forgive me for being a little bit vulnerable here, um, but I think it's probably the best way to open up the Gospel. About two months ago, um, I went to the doctor and got the happy news that I'd been diagnosed with skin cancer, um, stage three melanoma. And now I'm, I'm normally pretty blasé about these sort of things. I'm like, oh, look, everyone gets melanoma these days. It's like the common thing. But like when your doctor starts panicking and like saying, you're not allowed to leave till I find you a surgeon now, okay? Like, and he's like calling everybody. You start thinking, okay, maybe this might actually be a bit serious. Um, and so, once again, I think all my friends were annoyed at me because I wasn't taking it very seriously. Um, good news, it's all done. That's okay. You can, it's, I've now got myself a nice three-inch long scar on my neck where all the bad stuff's been cut out. But it's been a fascinating journey um, the last two months because it was really right at the beginning of Lent when I heard this. And so that whole journey into the death and resurrection was kind of much more real than it has been any other year. But it's kind of a strange thing. Because there's whole it's kind of like a whole stereotypical response to the cancer thing where everyone has a freak out. It's like, you know, we can't mention about anything like death or anything because it's all very sensitive. But I think for me, like questions around sickness or death really weren't an issue. Um, I think in praying about it, the biggest thing that disturbed me were questions around life. And I don't know how to make sense of this to you. But the biggest question that has just kept coming to me this whole time is, what actually is this? What is life? You know, like, like death I understand. I'm a priest. I, I, I hang around hospitals and nursing homes far too often and we, we see a lot of death and we're pretty used to it. But, but this question of what actually is life? Like every day we're living it and not even understanding what this thing is. And like I was sharing with some of the brothers, like there's this unbelievable moment of clarity which you kind of have with you. Like it's just the most beautiful things to have this sort of bad news every now and then. Because you, you get this moment of clarity where you just think like the world's different or you just start seeing it differently. And everything that you think is important is suddenly not important anymore. And I think I've found that the last couple of months, walking around just thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> like the sort of things that people call life, why, do we, why are we even interested? You know, people watching endless documentaries about how to make the best scones, you know? <laughs> like really? You know, people spending hours and hours playing video games. Who cares, really? Like, at the end of the day, what's happened? A few pixels have moved on a screen. You know, just the anxiety that people feel around social media. You know, how many likes did I get for that picture of a cat? You know? Um, but I think there's an even deeper question here of, like, for Christianity, what is this? You know, because I, I just don't think we actually engage deep enough on the question of why did Jesus actually die and rise again for us? You know, we've just gone through this whole beautiful liturgical season of Easter 
celebrating how Christ has made this ultimate sacrifice for us. But at what point do we stop and say, why? Why did he do that? Okay, yes, to forgive us of our sins and bring us new life, blah, 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 blah. But that's a pretty serious thing to do. Like, it wasn't because he had nothing better to do. Like, well, I may as well go and become human and get crucified. Like, why would God go to such a huge length for you? What is his plan for your life that that would be something he would be even considering? I think this is the question we've got to engage with. What actually is your life meant to be? Yeah, because we, I think often we're just filling in the gaps. Life is boring, life is hard, life is painful. Let's just fill it in with trivial little things that numb the pain for now or distract us long enough just to get by and hope that something else will come along. But I think as Christians, we should be engaged with the fact that God has done something huge and that would suggest that there is something he wants us to receive. He wants us to actually receive a big life. He wants us to receive something far beyond anything that this world is trying to sell sell to us. And do we actually have any idea what that is? You know, even for us who come here week after week, we think we know what this new life in Christ looks like, but do we even really know? This image from John 15, I think it's one of the most powerful images that Jesus uses. But I, like so much of the gospel, we're so used to it that I think we just switch off like, oh, yeah, I've heard this one before. Vines, branches, so on. But really, this is Christ calling us to enter into really this, the powerhouse of this gift that he wants to give us. I'm sure you've seen sometimes in your garden where there's a big storm and a branch gets broken off a tree. And it might sit there for weeks or months until you manage to get a ladder high enough to, to cut it off. But you've got this situation where there's a branch which is still attached to the tree, but it's dead. You know, it's still physically connected, but it's got no life flowing through it. Now, every time I see a branch like that, I just think that's us. You know, because we are connected, we're attached to Christ, but is his life actually flowing through us? I think that's the serious question. And what would your life look like if the life of Christ was flowing through you? I think what that would look like is that you would be Christ. I think you would be walking around healing people without even knowing it. You know, when you read the Acts of the Apostles and you've got the, apostle, the, the Apostles, J, I think it's Peter and John, walking through the temple, they're just going off to go and pray. But as their shadow goes past some crippled guy, he suddenly gets healed. They're not even trying to pray for him. They're not even thinking about it. They're probably wondering about what they're going to have for lunch afterwards. But they are so connected to Christ that... The life of Christ is just radiating out of them. Is your life like that? 
I'm assuming no. <laughs> Why is then the next question? I think this is where it brings us back to where I started. We know this, you know, we, we hear it, you know, we hear again and again people preaching about, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to work in us, He wants to give us new life. But what is it that stops us? What is it that stops us from actually reconnecting with that branch? To actually give my life over and say, Lord, let your life flow through my veins. Let the power of your spirit flow in me. Let me be you in the world. What is it that stops you? Now, I want you to really engage with that question. I want it to disturb you. I want that question to haunt you all week, if possible. Because I think it comes back to that question of what actually is our life. I think it's because we don't understand the answer to that question, we can't answer the other question. Because when I look at my life and my world of small things, my, 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 my small gods that I worship, and I can't give them up. Because I'm like, this is all I've got. This is the only thing that's going to bring me joy. I don't want to let go of this. You know, I need a world filled with cat videos and better instructions how to make scones. Like, I, like as though that's, that's all there is. And we're so narrow in our vision that, that we're hooked on this small world. You know, so worried about what other people think of us. Am I living the life that other people think I should live? That we end up missing the whole point of what Christ did on the cross. He died so that you could live. He died so that you could live with his life. So that you could be him in the world. But the question is, are we prepared to step away from our small existence so that we can actually start to live a big life? Because I think that's the scary thing, that, that what we call life is just existence. It's just getting by, keeping ourselves busy until the next meal or the next day. Have we actually caught sight of the gift that he wants to give us? You know, we're in a world which is desperately chasing happiness and yet we're the most depressed generation that has ever lived. You know, we're a world that's trying to be wealthy and successful and filled with pleasure and yet at the same time we're just trying to medicate the pain because that's all there is. You know, I think at some point we need to see through the shadow and actually say, look, there's no, there's no substance to this. You know, this, this, this life that we're desperately grasping hold of and we can't let go of, we need to realise that it's nothing compared to what Jesus is actually offering us. So this is the thing. Like, I, I actually need to start to tear down some of those small gods and allow Christ to take central place. And really, the, the hardest of those ones to tear down is me. You know, it's easy to talk about, okay, your money and your pleasure and your career, but the, the, the fact is that I'm the one who's trying to take God's place and I've got to step down from the throne and let him take the chair. It's, it's control. 
It's that place in my life where I want to just do it my way. Even if it's mundane, even if it's boring, I want to be in control of it. As long as I do that, I'm one of those branches that's attached but not connected, not alive. I need to be able to say, Lord, you need to take first place. You need to be the Lord of my life. Only then can we actually live. Only then can we actually discover what this life really is. And I think this is the saddest thing. You know, we've got a whole world of people who are scared of dying, but they have no idea about living. It's only when I stop worshipping myself and I start worshipping Christ. It's when I stop living for myself and I start living for other people. It's when I stop relying on my own strength and allow the power of Christ to work through me. That's when you discover the real power and the real mystery, the real joy that Christ has on offer for us. I think this is the real invitation Christ wants to give us tonight. And, and we cannot celebrate the resurrection until we start to really celebrate it in us. Otherwise, it's just empty ritual. You know, it doesn't matter how many hallelujahs we say, until Christ is the Lord of my life, until that resurrection life is flowing through my veins, it's just an empty doctrine. So we need to allow Christ to take first place. We need to allow him to get back on the throne and let him be God. And then we need to start living. You know, we need to start living real life. This, this real life of the Spirit, which he promised to us on the day of Pentecost. So I think maybe just as a way of responding, I just want to encourage you, just, in the, just have a moment of silence before we go on with the rest of the Mass. But I want you to just take a, a time just to be aware of what are those small gods that you worship in your life. What are those things that you desperately grasp onto that you can't let go of? That you are afraid to let Christ in because you're afraid that you might have to let go of these things. Now you may not have the courage yet to be able to give them to him. You may not yet be ready to give them over to God. But I want you to at least talk to God about that and say, God, I'm scared. I'm scared to let go of what I think is important. I'm scared to let you in. Just in the silence, just try to name what these things are and let God reassure you of the promise that he has given you.